Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 107 in Edmonton. Hour number two, Oilers now. It's a Thursday, one of the funnest days of the week for the listeners, that's for sure. Any day that we have uh, Louis DeBrusque and Brian Burke on the show, and today it's even better because following Brian Burke is going to be Kevin Lowe. Second hour of Oilers now is brought to you by our friends at Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. I will get back to the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063 momentarily. Uh, but at this time, for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication installer, longtime NHL executive, worked for the league at one point, uh, has worked for multiple NHL organizations in a senior management role, uh, now a top analyst at Sportsnet. We welcome back Brian Burke. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm an optimistic fellow. You know that? And... Uh, you know, at least we, not that we have a lot of things to find yet, and we got miles to go before we sleep, that's for sure, but uh, at least it's a start. I'd like to get your thoughts on uh, what Gary Bettman pushed out a couple days with the return to play. Well, I think it's a uh, great day for hockey, great day for all of us. Uh, and as you say, we're not close to dropping the puck, but we're a lot closer than we were three days ago. So I think it's great news, and I think it's a plan that will work and can work. Um, we got to start phase two, and... Just keep going ahead. Uh, your thoughts on the 24 teams, the elimination of seven teams, and whether or not it's fair or unfair to maybe teams that were sort of, you know, like Edmonton and, and frankly, Toronto, who based on divisional traditional rankings were in pretty good spots and had high probabilities to make the playoffs, and now they're going to have to play their way in to get into the, the top 16. Well, it's not fair to every team, and no system's going to be perfect. What, what I said about this on TV yesterday is, this is com- complaining about this is like looking at a beautiful woman and pointing out she has on ugly shoes. Like it's not perfect, but if you look at it, it's it's a pretty equitable system. A lot of time and planning and thought went into it, and it's as good as as, as they can come up with. I like it. Is it fair to every team? No, but it, it gets it gets the teams that were on the bubble get a chance, and uh, I think it's a great setup. Just uh, for full disclosure here, Brian, I am married to a beautiful woman, and I can tell you that most people often say to her, "Who's the ugly guy in the ugly shoes with you?" So it's all about uh, it's all about perspective there. I, I get what you're saying, and we all just want to see the re, you know the return. Um, and one of the questions that's still out there is Hub Cities. Now I saw a bit of your stuff on Tim and Sid. You made a kind of a you had an interesting sort of. Uh, 
combination of American and Canadian cities as potential hosts. Uh, and maybe you can extrapolate on that a little bit. Well, I, I think it's important if they can have a Canadian hub. I think it's important for our country, for the game to be front and center in that city. I think it'd be great profile for that city that hosts it. Now, I do think they want one Eastern time zone and one mountain or, or Pacific time zone team. And if indeed Vegas is a lock, then I think Edmonton and Vancouver, their bids are probably in trouble. Right. But I know that the league was asked that specifically, and they said, no, they're not committed to any time zone variants, and they're not committed to any one market. So basically, um, I think with the Canadian dollar where it is, this is going to be a very expensive process. The, the testing alone is going to cost three million bucks. Yeah. So for based on the cost per test, so uh, I think if they can save some money, that would be important. But I think these cities all come out almost in dead heats, except for the final factor, which is COVID nineteen presence, right? And and yeah. that's where Alberta has an edge with the lowest number of infections and deaths across Canada. But as far as having a nice arena and contiguous hotel space uh, and and enough additional sheets of ice to handle a practice load, which will be considerable, uh, I think the cities are all in dead heats. And then you get to the last one, which should be the really the first one, which is, is it a hot spot? What are, what are the odds of a player contracting the virus? And I think there, I mean, Alberta has a clear edge. Yeah, and we and we should mention that and we had Jason Kenny on the show yesterday, Brian. Alberta has tested at twice the rate of BC. Uh, BC has less than half the total positive tests of Alberta, but Edmonton and Vancouver, the numbers are a little bit different, and uh, it, it does show you. Just and you can empathize a bit with the position the federal government's in here. Uh, you know, Brian, when you're looking at a city like Montreal with over 2,500 deaths, Toronto now up around 800 deaths, and then you have Vancouver 80. Last time I checked uh, on their website at 86, Edmonton at 13 and one in the month of May. Brian, there's only been 39 positive tests in 27 days here in Edmonton, and they're testing the most per capita of any province. So that, that's got to be, I guess, the question I have for you, and you've worked in the league office, at what point does money offset safety? And I bring that up because what if Vegas just says the rooms are free? we got a ton of hotels. Uh, you know, we have Middle Eastern business interests that have donated $20 million for testing to the city of Vegas. Uh, obviously, they own some of the casinos. At what point does the league have to weigh that in? Well, I, th I hope it will be pretty far down the list because um, it really shouldn't be the factor. It shouldn't be the first factor. It should be player safety. But keep in mind, um, my issue has been, and I've said all along we wouldn't play, and, and, and if, if the season had ended on a regular time with the Stanley Cup being awarded in June, I would have been right. What the league did, which was very smart, is say, well, we don't need to end in June. We're going to extend that runway. Right. And we can end in September if we need to. So that's bought them time to put this plan together, to select hub cities, and then stage this tournament. So to me, uh, the league's done a really good job on it. There's still a lot of issues here, but um, I hope money isn't high on the list of factors. And, and the $20 million that was donated for testing wasn't donated for NHL players' testing. It was donated for general testing. So right. I, I think the I think the testing. My concern about testing is it's not accurate enough. Like a lot of the tests that are in use are not accurate enough. But I think okay. with the time involved, we'll solve that issue. We'll get to a, a safe thing. 
it's a non-starter unless the Canadian government waives the 14-day quarantine. The league's made that clear. Right. So if a team flies into the hub city, now I live in Canada. I'm a Canadian citizen. I support the 14-day quarantine. I would make an exception. I would hope where the athletes that come in come in on a charter plane are in seclusion and have all been tested. So it's one thing for a commercial plane to land in Edmonton and 300 people get off it and you don't know if any of them are contagious or not. But it's another thing if you have a plane with 50 people on it that doesn't, you know, go into the general terminal, gets on a sanitized bus, goes to blocked off hotel rooms and then has sanitized transportation to an arena. And they're going to be very, very strict about the number of people that are allowed in the bubble. So it's no more than 50 per team and you'll get a bracelet or some kind of badge that says you get into the player access area, and that's it. No one else. And they're, they're telling broadcasters, nope, we're going to have to do something different. Yep. Um, we don't know what that is yet, but it will be different. So to me, um, I, I think this is this is doable. I really do. And I, I think I hope the Canadian government waives the, the, uh, the quarantine rule and allows the hub city to be placed in Canada. And I think they'll have to do it fairly soon if they're going to. Because, again, it's not saying let's treat hockey players differently. That's not what we're saying. We're saying let's treat a a group of people who have observed lockdown in their own country, who have been tested, and we know they're not going to pose any risk to the Canadian public. Just so everybody's aware, last night a story ran on CBC. So I'm, I'm going to quote the information from the story. And they had an expert on uh, from the University of Calgary. There's been over 200,000 people arrive via flights into Canada since the middle of March. So this per- it's not like no one's flown into the country. Obviously, they have to observe the 14-day quarantine. And the specialist from the UFC, and I forget the individual's name, basically said the rates, uh, the new rates of COVID resulting from people flying in are very low. And I just, that is important because I think there's a perception out there, well, nobody gets to fly into Canada anymore. That's not true. Now, in a lot of cases, Brian, these are repatriated Canadians. These are actually Canadian citizens that have flown back. Just a, a little bit of a distinction. Brian Burke joining us right now uh, for Canadian Power Pack. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. So are you a little bit more optimistic maybe than you were at this time last week, Brian? Yes. Uh, and I think the, the whole key to this thing has been the league pushing everything back. I think it was really smart. And it will give us a chance when we do start playing in the fall or, or early winter, whatever, uh, give us a chance to have fans in the building sooner. So yeah, I think this is sheer genius, and uh, I think this will be able—they'll be able to pull this off with adequate testing and proper security for players. And I, I don't buy—I don't buy the argument from the players that they don't want to be away from their families for four months because I just done. The, and I, I'm sympathetic to that. I wouldn't accept that either. And then when the players have talked about their families, like Nick Foligno and Devin Dubnik, that's right sure. from the heart, and yes. I respect that. But. Training camp is going to be held in the home cities. So that's whatever it is, two weeks, 17 days, whatever it is, that's time when the players will be returning to their homes. It's not going to be in a sequestered situation. And then you go to the hub cities. So seven teams are out. After 10 days, the first round's a best of five. After 10 days, you've got eight more teams out. So at that point, 15 teams are out. Right. If the first, if the first real playoff round goes to seven games, which I believe it will, right now the league is saying best of five, the players are pushing back for a best of seven. I think it will go to a best of seven. After 14 days, two more weeks, eight more teams are out. So on that math, after 38 days, 23 teams are out. Right. Exactly. 
Hey, you said something there. Teams will go to their home city. Yesterday, Jim Benning said that the Vancouver Canucks may set up in U.S. This is obviously in relation to the fact that the United States has a caveat in place that will allow professional athletes uh, to uh, to come back into the U of uh, into the U.S. and not have to honor that 14 day or not have a 14 day quarantine. That there would be a little license given there. Um, you used to run the Maple Leafs. You got. Buffalo sitting right there, and, and Buffalo, and people say, Bob, it's in New York. Buffalo's in a completely different position with COVID than New York City. Would you contemplate, if you were still running the Maple Leafs, if, there, if you knew 100% that the hubs were not in Canada, would you contemplate setting the Maple Leafs up in, uh, in I mean, Jim Benning's already talked about the fact that he's thinking of maybe setting up in the U.S. Would you do the same with the Maple Leafs if there was a 14-day quarantine in Canada still in place? Yes, I'd, I'd look at it. I'd certainly make those preparations just in case. But I think there's a better solution here, really. If the testing is adequate, doesn't pose any threat to Canadian citizens, uh, then we should waive the quarantine rule with regard to this group of people, not athletes, people who have properly been tested. Brian, uh, and I, I, in full disclosure here, uh, we, we did sort of discuss this via text. I'm going to ask you to put, because you worked in the league office, uh, and we get a lot of listeners texting us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, what's going to happen with the third-round pick that's hanging in the balance? So so here's the deal. Uh, there is a caveat put in place in the Milano-Lucic-James Neal trade that if James Neal scored 21 or more goals and had a 10-goal separation from Milano-Lucic, for the 2019-20 season that the Edmonton Oilers would forfeit their third-round pick to the Calgary Flames. Well, uh, Neil finished at 19. The regular season is over. Uh, Lucic, by the way, had eight. Uh, There's a difference of 11 goals. There's a spirit of the rule argument, perhaps, in place. Um, how would you, like, you worked in the league office. What do you think would go on in that situation? Would they just say, cut and dry, look, he didn't get the 21 goals. The season's over, it didn't happen. Or do you think they'd maybe try to go with some form of compromise? Well, I, there's going to be a lot of compromise that has to take place. This one involves the league, and my guess is that they would call the teams together and say we can prorate out. Had they each completed the season, what would the difference be? Uh but there's going to have to be some flexibility here, and the league's going to say, all right, make your arguments, and they're going to decide. And they say, okay, we're going to up, up, uphold the pick, or we're going to award the third-round pick, but it'll be a year from now, not this summer. Uh, there's a way to, to skin this cat. And, and this type of compromise and, and working things out is going to have to take place between the NHL and the NHLPA on a whole host of issues. Uh, free agency July 1st, well, that, that can't happen. We're going to have to push that date back. The draft's already been pushed back. June 1st, unsigned draft picks can elect to go back in the draft. They're going to have to move that date. So they're going to have to be flexible on the critical date calendar right through the summer and right into the fall. So we're looking at a new landscape. It's going to require some flexibility and cooperation. And from what I hear, the NHL and the NHLPA have been get along, getting along famously on these types of issues. But we'll see. I don't think anyone's talking about money yet. Were you in Hartford in the spring slash summer of 92? Were you there at that point as the GM? I just came there, yeah. Okay, so you were with Hartford when Larry Bertuzzi made the decision with Eric Lindros, right? I'm just. Yes, I'm, I think okay. so, yeah. I, I mean, that one, 
that was probably one of the biggest of all time when you think about it. I mean, obviously, and I would strongly assert people forget that for about five years in the league, Eric might have been the best player in the league. Um, Obviously, Peter Forsberg was a hell of a player. But there were, you know, you had him theoretically traded to two different NHL organizations. That had to have been a tricky one for the league to uh, mediate. I mean, I can't, I I can't. Go ahead, Brad. We had an an arbitration that first summer in Hartford. We had acquired the goalie, uh, Frank Petrangelo, from Peter Angelo from uh, Pittsburgh. And the way the teams had done it was was Craig Patrick was the GM in Pittsburgh, great guy, and Eddie Johnson was the GM in Hartford. And and Craig Patrick said, well, just take Peter Angelo, and if he does well for you, we'll figure it out after the season. Well, I get there. I make the trade for Sean Burke. I'm really not. I really not ready to have Frank for Peter Angelo be the starter. Great kid, great guy. Uh, we had to go to arbitration in in Montreal over that. We were in training camp in, uh, or it was in Toronto. We were in training camp in Burlington, Vermont. I had to drive to Montreal, fly to Toronto, and arbitrate this case. So it, it used to be, you know, now you have to do a trade call. Everything's set. But uh, back then, it was kind of the wild west. Yeah, interesting stuff. Well, it's going to be intriguing to watch. Uh, hey, we have Kevin Lowe coming up. I know when we first brought you on the show, you, you told everybody how, uh, you know, uh, over time uh, you guys have gotten along great and now famously well. And uh, we're celebr- it's Champions Week, Brian, where the Oilers celebrate. Uh, it's the anniversary of four of their five Stanley Cup championships between May 24th to May 31st. Kevin Lowe is a seven-time All-Star that won six Stanley Cup championships. Guy Carboneau got in the Hall of Fame last year. Does he merit serious consideration to be in the Hall of Fame? I can't discuss that on the air. You know that. I'm on the selection committee. <laughs> I will tell you, I will tell you, he, he is a champion and he's a great guy. All right. There you go. Uh, thanks, Brian. We appreciate that. Okay. Thank you. You bet. That is Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. You got to ask, don't you? Uh, we'll take a quick time out. You're listening to Oilers now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Glenn the bartender. I wonder if I've met Glenn somewhere over the years. Uh, it's Texas on our Ashley Five Floors text line. Hey, Bob, Brendan, and Brian, three Bs on Thursdays. If Leon's points for the Art Ross or Alex Ovechkin's goals for the Rocket Richard aren't prorated, neither should anybody else's be, including James Neal's. My opinion from Glenn the bartender. We'll take it one step further. The Oilers' points total through 71 were not prorated to 82 to give Edmonton a place in the standings and to have a a top 16, to have a 16-team playoff. So I kind of agree with you, Glenn. Like, in my opinion, James Neal did not get to 21 goals. Now, I'm looking at it from an Oilers-centric position, but I got news for you. If the situation was reversed and Edmonton had traded James Neal to Calgary and the Oilers had picked up Milan Lucic, I'd say the same thing. The games, he didn't get to the 21, to, to 21 goals or, and, and therefore didn't get the requisite part of the condition for the pick to be activated in favor of Calgary. That's the way I feel on that. I just, I, and I get that there maybe should be a discussion on a compromise. But we haven't compromised in other areas. We've just kind of set it in stone as to the way it is. 
I do want to tell you, now that the retail world is starting to slowly reopen, your friends at Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin are hard at work. They've repriced the entire inventory to make things easier for you to get a new Ford. Get up to 18K off remaining 2019 F-350s. There's only a few left. They got Mustangs, Escapes, Explorers, and even Rangers on sale. Let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford help you out at one 477 or visit BrentRidge.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Carrie McCarthy. Our Champion Series continues with a guy who co-authored the book, Champions. Kevin Lowe coming up on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.